Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast slash Falcoholic Live as we're going to try posting this on both platforms, giving you guys the option for some video and audio here. Uh, welcome. We are going to do a, a quick episode today, uh, recording this on Monday, to talk about all the moves the Falcons made this weekend. Uh, we did have a trade come through for wide receiver Brian Edwards and also finally had the signing of linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, Kwiatkowski, perhaps, uh, according to Pro Football Focus's or, or Pro Football References spelling uh, guide. But either way, uh, two guys that could be pretty significant contributors for this team in 2022. Um, the Kwiatkowski one is a little bit more interesting in terms of its sort of implications for the roster and what might be happening to one of fans' uh, favorite, maybe, you know, players to talk about in Deion Jones, but we'll get to that one. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is Brian Edwards, the wide receiver, former third-round pick of the Raiders just two years ago in the 2020 NFL Draft, 81st overall, uh, a guy who, for someone who's been traded after just two seasons, has been pretty promising, uh, so it's a questionable move for me from the Raiders' perspective. I know they added Devonte Adams this off season, uh, and they signed a bunch of guys. I think they signed like Mac Hollins and Keelan Cole and all these guys. But to be honest, um, they've got Darren Waller, they've got Devonte Adams, and they've got Hunter Renfro. So that's a top three core of, of weapons. That's pretty darn good. But receivers get hurt in the NFL, um, and Brian Edwards I think is better than Keelan Cole and better than. Mac Holland, certainly. So uh, I don't really get the trade from the Raiders' perspective. I love it from the Falcons' perspective because the Falcons bring in a guy who's just 23 years old. He will be 24 during the 2022 season uh, and who is coming off a career year last year um, in 2021, started 12 games for the Raiders, played in all 16, made some really impactful catches uh, it, to get the Raiders into the playoffs from, from what I'm being told by Raiders fans. They actually really like the guy. Uh, 34 catches for 571 yards last year. That's good for a very impressive 16.8 yards per reception. Three touchdowns as well. Um, I know the catch rate last year was a little low, 57.6%. Uh, but clearly, based on his yards per reception, he was getting a lot of deep targets. Um, so that's not terribly surprising. I know... Coming out of college, the hands were a little bit of a concern with Edwards, but I believe uh, not very many drops for him so far in his career in the NFL. So, um, again, this is a guy that has shown a lot of promise. I mean, for a third-round receiver to come in in his second year now where he actually gets a role in the offense, posts over 500 yards and three touchdowns, I mean, that's 
that's you know solid wide receiver three numbers and he's still on his rookie contract for two more years he's just 23 I mean I don't really know why the Raiders were rushing him out the door but I'm certainly happy that the Falcons were able to benefit from this and get him in here um, because Edwards you know it's clear that Arthur Smith has a type right like we're seeing the Falcons sort of go after these bigger more physical wide receivers with size and Edwards certainly has that I think he's about 6'3 uh, over 210, so he's got the body type that the Falcons are seeming to prioritize. Um, he has experience out wide mostly, but has played in the slot as well. Um, and he has, he's a terrific athlete. He didn't actually test in terms of RAS, but he was known as a guy that was a very good deep threat in college. Uh, has a little bit of yards after catch ability as well. Um, just a really intriguing sort of complementary receiver for the Falcons to add and to only have to pay a fifth round pick. They got a seventh round pick back as well, which I mean, it's a seventh round pick, but it is something. So, I mean, it, it's just really odd. The whole scenario from the Raiders perspective, I just really don't get um, trading out a guy that you spent a top pick on. I mean, obviously it's a new regime, but um, trading a guy that was a top pick, you know, a, to- a top 80 or 81 pick uh, for a fifth rounder and giving up a seventh two to get him out of town. Um, clearly the financials weren't a problem because I think he's only making like 1.2 million this year. Um, so it's odd move from the perspective of the Raiders, but in Atlanta, I mean, I really like the fit. He comes in and immediately gives the Falcons a, a high upside guy to pair with Drake London, who obviously is a rookie. So depending on him to really do too much this year, probably asking for, trouble i mean the falcons had success with it last year with kyle pitts coming in and basically being the number one receiving option in the offense getting over a thousand yards you know that's awesome um it would be nice if drake london didn't have to do that i do expect london to have a very productive season overall but bringing in a guy like edwards now to really add a guy with that sort of wide receiver to upside to the mix that the falcons didn't really have on the roster um you know i think I've talked about it on here before that I like some of the moves they've made at wide receiver uh, to sort of bring in guys with upside, guys that have flashed but haven't really been consistent contributors, guys that have maybe long-term potential or guys that have struggled with injuries but maybe just need a fresh start. Um, and Edwards is, is definitely the most, I would say, high, high upside of the options they've brought in. He probably slots into that wide receiver two slot right away. And again, this is only the third year of his rookie contract. This is a guy that could grow and, and be someone that the Falcons give a second contract to as their wide receiver two of the future. Um, which again, back to the compensation of fifth round pick for your potential wide receiver two is fantastic. I mean, that's that's better than 90% of fifth round picks. I know I saw people on Twitter saying like, oh, I can't believe they gave up a fifth round pick for this guy. You know, Grady Jarrett was a fifth round pick. Yeah, how many other fifth round picks you know? that are that good. Uh, not many. The fact is that most fifth round picks don't get second con. The vast majority don't get second contracts, but, um, very few end up being long-term starters or plus starters in any facet. So I think it's a worthwhile swing. Certainly. Uh, I like his complimentary skill set to Drake London on the outside, more of a deep threat, a guy that, but a guy that honestly, he's just a good all round receiver. Um, he does have that deep threat ability. He did it really well for the Raiders. You know, like I said, 16.8 yards per reception. That's pretty, pretty darn good. Um, 
Whereas Drake London's probably going to feast in that like short to intermediate area. And he's shown that he can go deep and use his size and, and jump ball ability to make plays too. So I think that gives the Falcons a lot of size on the outside to go along with Kyle Pitts, who's going to be lining up, you know, at the tight end spot, probably also some outside. Uh, and that's just a lot of, of quality size and athleticism with that, those top three targets there. Um, and you add him to the mix with like an Auden Tate who is bigger. Like honestly, Auden Tate looks a lot more like a tight end when you look at his athletic profile, but um, you know, Tate doesn't necessarily have the game breaking speed. He's more of the possession guy that the short yardage, the maybe intermediate target guy that just has the outstanding size and catch radius. And then you've got a guy like Demir bird, you know, five, eight or whatever he is, um, but runs a four two seven, So more of that traditional Z deep threat, uh, guy on the outside. And you've got what's starting to actually look like a, I think I tweeted this out, like a respectable group of receivers. I mean, you've got some different skill sets there that you can match up with your opponents. You've got Drake London, who you hope is your prototypical X wide receiver one, who also has been really, really good in the slot as a big slot. So he could play there some too. Now you've got Brian Edwards in here as a potentially good wide receiver two, wide receiver three, who can also play both inside and outside. Uh, and then you've got a couple of guys that can compete for that other spot, you know, when they go into three wide receiver sets. Um, Demir Bird, I like as a speedster. Again, this is a guy that had like 600 yards with the Patriots a couple years ago as like the only good, as like the only receiver on that entire roster. Um, getting passes thrown to him by like Jared Stidham and, and you know, Cam Newton, who was over the hill at that point. Um, so I, I think, you know, and like I already mentioned, Auden Tate. Um, and then they've got other guys like Zacchaeus who we haven't even gotten to yet. So all of a sudden this Falcons receiver group has gone from just this dismal dark place to, you know, maybe we're, we're inching closer to average. Um, and you know, if Drake London hits and Brian Edwards hits and all this happens, then maybe we could talk about them being above average, but getting to average from where they were after Calvin Ridley's suspension, sort of a miracle, um, considering they didn't have to give up like premier free agency, or draft assets. You obviously Drake landed a first round pick, but they didn't have to make a trade for him. Um, so I love it. I love the Brian Edwards move. I think that's fantastic. I'm a big fan of that. Um, no complaints there for me. And I'm really excited to see how he factors in. And if he really can be that guy that, that sort of takes, takes the next step and does be- become a, a fixture of this offense. I mean, this is a young player. Like I said, second year of his rookie deal. He's got two more years of rookie contract left. He's got a chance to come here in Atlanta where there's just a huge vacuum for targets uh, and and earn a role early, like earn a big role and prove himself as a wide receiver too and, and get a second contract here in Atlanta or somewhere else. So I, I think both sides have to be pretty happy about this arrangement. Um, next guy we're going to talk about, the free agent signing. It was rumored over the weekend that the Falcons were going to sign Kwiatkowski has even reported that they would sign him. It just didn't become official until today, Monday. Um, but a, a veteran, a lot of experience, um, and a guy that I think has starting ability, certainly showed that both in uh, Las Vegas and in Chicago. Um, I think that this is a good signing. Uh, we'll see what the compensation is. Kwiatkowski was a former fourth-round pick of the Bears, so you know some people will be like, oh, another Bear, great. Uh, he did play with the Bears throughout his entire rookie contract from 2016 through 2019. Um, he was a guy that I actually thought the Falcons might go after in 2020 uh, in free agency. They did not, but he ended up signing with the Raiders, which was good for him. He started 
12 games that season. Um, had a pretty good year overall. Uh, he had a, I think his best season was 2019 in Chicago, his final year there. He started eight games, but very productive. Uh, he had 56 solo tackles, eight tackles for loss, three sacks. Uh, he had a safety as well, so that's always nice. Uh, forced fumble, four passes defensed, and an interception. Um, and then it, with the Raiders in 2020, he had uh, similar numbers of tackles, you know, 53 solo tackles, three tackles for loss, uh, ASAC, another four passes defensed, another fumble, and a forced fumble, and another interception. So a guy who's certainly been productive. Last year he got hurt um, and sort of lost his, his grip on the starting job. Um, and then he was just allowed, you know, to hit free agency this year. Um, but this is a guy that, that I think certainly could start in Atlanta. I don't think he's like the highest upside linebacker ever, you know, former fourth round pick, obviously not a guy that was viewed as like this elite prospect, but certainly a, a capable reserve at worst. Um, he started 34 games, so he brings a lot of experience to the position. Uh, very good fit in a three, four, a lot of experience playing in that style of defense, can cover, can play the run, has good size, you know, over 6'2", 240, uh, over 240. So this is a guy that that certainly fits the mold of linebacker the Falcons are going after as well. Um, so I like that signing a lot. Uh, I do wonder sort of what it means for Deion Jones. And I think that's where a lot of people went with this as soon as this was announced because the Falcons already added Rayshon Evans in free agency, uh, another veteran linebacker, again, with great size, uh, to sort of play next to Deion Jones. The Falcons also have Michael Walker, former fourth-round pick, who has looked good whenever he's gotten on the field. And so now all of a sudden we have this crowded linebacker room with, you know, six guys that probably have good cases for the roster. Um, you know, Deion Jones, Michael Walker, Rayshon Evans, the Troy Anderson, who's second-round pick, uh, now Nick Kwiatkowski, and the Falcons also signed uh, a pretty intriguing undrafted free agent and linebacker Nate Landman from Colorado, who we'll get to on a, our UDFA show that we're going to have here pretty soon. I'm going to have a guest on to talk about undrafted free agents, so get hyped about those guys. Um, but I, I really like the signing, and, and I, I just sort of wonder if this is the writing on the wall for Deion Jones, because at this point, you know, this is a very crowded linebacker room. Um, these are all, I mean, and that it's the depth isn't bad. Like I'd say if this was a playoff team, it's like, oh, this is great. Tremendous depth for this playoff roster. But for the Falcons, it's sort of like, are you really trying to stuff your linebacker room with all these reliable veterans and, and sort of fringe starters? Um, is that really necessary in, in a rebuilding year? So it's interesting. Uh, I, I, you guys know where I stand on Deion Jones. I think that if they can, if they can trade him, they will. They will try to get that money, um, and they may or may not even spend it. They may just take the money and pocket it, um, and and have it roll over to next year to help offset some of his cap hit next year, basically, um, and just to get extra money for a guy that doesn't really seem to fit the scheme and that didn't really give tremendous effort last year, which I think is a big no-no for Dean Pease, and. We've all like seen it, right? They've basically gone out of their way to not mention Deion Jones whenever they talk about the linebacker room. They sort of downplay that he's even on the roster. Um, so all the signs seem to be there that the trade will be coming through for Deion Jones. Um, and it seems like it's okay for that to happen now, considering the Falcons have Rayshon Evans and Kwiatkowski, along with Michael Walker, who are all guys who you think can probably start. So that's your three starters. And then you have Troy Anderson, very intriguing rookie, 
obviously sky high upside guy there in the linebacking core uh, who's probably going to play more of a reserve role this year as he gets acclimated to the NFL. But, you know, you've got your four guys that are, are, are good to go right there. And then maybe you see like a Nate Landman make the roster as the fifth linebacker. And he's, again, I think he's a, a, a guy that can absolutely play in the NFL and, and deserves a roster spot on most teams. That was definitely one of the Falcons best undrafted additions. Um, so I think, uh, and then they also have Dorian Etheridge, who made the roster as an undrafted free, free agent last year, good special teamer. So th- they have plenty of linebackers. It's just like, which one of these guys are actually making the team? And, and it's starting to seem like maybe Deion Jones could be on his way out. So uh, interesting signing there. I do like it. I think it gives them a lot of depth and a lot of experience in the linebacking core. So I love the Nick Kwiatkowski signing um, and the trade for Brian Edwards. So two really good moves there. Uh, the Falcons signed... A couple of other players uh, today that I'll just briefly touch on uh, from rookie meeting camp, which was this weekend. We'll talk about that in more detail on uh, Falcoholic Live on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, by the way, guys. Uh, definitely check that out if you haven't seen that show before. Uh, but the Falcons did sign a few guys, so we'll briefly touch on those. Uh, the biggest name, obviously, was uh, wide receiver Geronimo Allison from the Packers, who previously of the Packers, uh, who was a minicamp tryout, obviously someone who has a lot of experience in the league. Um, so that's an interesting one. They also send defensive back Trey Webb, who was a rookie minicamp tryout, also from Montana State, like uh, Troy Anderson that we talked about. And then uh, tight end Tucker Fisk, who was a defensive line tight end hybrid, sort of like another Falcons tight end, Parker Hesse. So that's interesting. To make those moves, they waived, uh, released wide receiver Chad Hansen, who was a futures contract guy, uh, tight end Daniel Helm, again, a futures contract guy, and then defensive back Luther Kirk, another futures contract guy. So uh, we'll talk about these guys a little bit more on Wednesday, but I did want to get those names in there just so you're aware. I think that Allison signing is interesting. I think that really shakes up and, and really that now gives the Falcons like five, like at least six guys. And there's maybe a legitimate competition for these roster spots now. Um, for five and six, you know, if they keep six, you know, who's the sixth guy going to be? If they keep five, it's going to be really, um, really, really interesting to see which is the sixth one that gets cut because, uh, there's a lot of takes out there, you know, shout out to Aaron Freeman for his, his, uh, flaming hot takes about, you know, which receivers are going to make it or not, uh, into the, into the lineup. So check that out guys for sure. But, um, yeah, I uh, I like the moves. I think the Falcons wide receiver group is in a much, much better place than it has been, certainly. And I like the, the way the linebacker group is going, too, particularly if we do see uh, a move post-June 1st to, to clear some cap space. So uh, I am uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, so love the moves. Uh, don't really understand them from the Raiders' perspective, at least with the Brian Edwards trade. But, hey, the Falcons benefit. I'm happy. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Those of you that are watching uh, on YouTube, uh, you can check out the podcast, Falcoholic Podcast, at Falcoholic Pod, available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And the show is obviously The Falcoholic Live, at Falcoholic Live on Twitter and on YouTube. Check out the site, thefalcoholic.com, for all of our written content. And if you're interested in supporting our shows, you can check us out on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Live for exclusive access to some Q&A sessions, as well as ad-free, high-quality versions of all these podcast episodes available earlier 
then they come out on your feeds. So that's a big bonus as well. But again, guys, until next time, I'm Kevin Knight at Alcoholic Kevin. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're watching, please like and subscribe as well. We really appreciate that. Leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. If you enjoyed the show, we really appreciate that as well, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Live and Falcoholic Podcast. Have a good one, folks.